Alright, so good morning everybody. My name is Ameya Nagarkar. I am the founder and host of Biohacking Your Best Life podcast. I aim to connect my listeners to subject matter experts from around the globe in fields of total human optimization so that they can thrive and live their best lives. Today on our podcast, we have Mel, Mel Azul, who is also known as the sleep stylist. Fancy, eh? Her mission is to help you sleep better so you can wake up healthier and happier to enjoy a vibrant and abundant life. Who does not want that, right? Mel is certified in sleep science coaching, neuro-linguistic programming, commonly known as NLP, as well as CBI, CBT rather, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia specifically. And she has developed a robust and highly customized program to help you optimize the quantity and the quality of your sleep. You will be equipped by the end of this, uh, hopefully, 45 minutes podcast to control your sleep wake cycle and have quality, faster, deeper sleep, basically. So, welcome, Mel. Welcome to Biohacking Your Best Life podcast. Hi, Amaya. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Excellent. So, uh, really, uh, you know, especially in the past year and so, uh, people normally associate health and wellness to fundamental principles like food uh, or nutrition and exercise or movement. But there's a, another angle to it, which is sleep, which is for many people, it's kind of uh, more like a luxury, but not a basic foundational or fundamental pillar of health, right? Uh, in order to biohack your best life, sleep, as far as I understand, is is as important to nutrition and exercise or movement or even more important. So could you tell us why sleep? Well, thank you, uh, Amea, that you also recognize sleep as one of the fundamental pillars of health. And I absolutely believe that. And you did mention also the other two, which is nutrition and also having a healthy diet. But I'm partial as a sleep coach because, you know, I totally believe that if you're lacking in sleep, it will definitely affect also your fitness level, your health and well-being, and also your appetite. Because those two are intrinsically linked with your sleep. So actually, I have to say, Amea, that it is also especially now becoming a public health concern. And I I really want to thank you that you have invited me. And I'm very happy to share with your listeners that especially those biohackers who really want to live an optimal life, I really want to share with them that nowadays, the global trends in sleep suggest actually a decrease on the average of sleep duration. It's been proven, Amea, that people are sleeping less and less nowadays than they used to. And if you notice, it really affects every part and every aspect of their health. And if especially listeners want to biohack and live their best life ever, they really need to pay attention to the amount of sleep they're getting. It never changes. The amount of sleep is seven to nine hours for an adult and even more so for the younger ones. And that seven to nine hours, it never changes regardless of the adult's age because some mistakenly think that when you're older, you don't need to sleep as much. So that recommended amount for adults is across the board. 
And I have to share with you that sleep is actually a crucial biological process. In fact, it's long been recognized an essential determinant of our human health and our performance. So I have to say it's quite counterintuitive if we're trying our best to find hacks to live a better life, and yet we are taking sleep for granted, then this can have a detrimental effect on our body. I know that for biohackers, you tend to want to manipulate your brain and your body. Is that correct? So that you can have the optimal performance of your whole well-being? Absolutely. Biohackers, basically, the whole idea is to optimize your external and internal environment uh, yes. to hack the 10 fundamental pillars of health specifically, which I'll be dealing with through my podcast. And one of those fundamental pillars, as you rightly said, is sleep. Sleep is no longer a luxury. It's no longer something that, as you rightly mentioned as well, you can take for granted. It's such a fundamental pillar of health. I would say that it is the foundational, the bedrock foundation of everything else. If you are not sleeping deeper and having quality and quantity of sleep that you should be, you can you can forget the rest of your productivity and optimizing the other uh, parameters basically of your health and well-being. That's why it's absolutely, absolutely essential. Right? Yeah, yeah. I absolutely love the that part about biohacking that you're taking full control of your biology or you are uh, tapping in to your own biology, basically having that intrinsic knowledge of your own bodily function so that you can live your best life. Because I also believe in that actually, Amea, that who better to know uh, our body but ourselves as well. And I do believe that if we really are quite aware of uh, how much we sleep and how much that affects our performance through the day, it surely has um, a big help. And as I mentioned before, nowadays, uh, sad to say, more and more people are sleeping less than the recommended amount. More people nowadays, it's a global trend that they're sleeping 6.5 hours. It's becoming a, a general average of people. So they're sleeping 6.5 hours. However, I have to share that if you're sleeping less than six hours, it's been exhibited through studies that there is a 48% increase in the incidence of coronary heart disease. There will become a 15% increase in the incidence of stroke. And then it also contributes to your neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's and also dementia. So I have to say that to biohackers also that if you are spending so much time and attention into trying to improve your overall health, but if you're taking sleep for granted, then it can also have that detrimental effect or counter countering all of the good that you've been doing to your body. Absolutely. And it's so important no? uh, when we think biologically and from the evolutionary perspective, uh, human beings are made to sleep for those seven, eight, nine hours so that it gives them that deep rest in all aspects of their biology so that they can wake up refreshed and ready and energized for the upcoming day ahead. And that's so, so crucial. Now, that leads me naturally to my next question. Uh, could you share on how, uh, sorry, why human beings sleep in the first place? I mean, in just a little bit of the science and uh, 
the the theory behind it before we dive deeper into the hacks of how we can actually uh, get our best sleep so why do we sleep well first and foremost we expend a lot of energy throughout the day and even our brains are functioning they're they're on high alert during the day so basically if you think about it our uh, optimization of our bodily function is if we are sleeping at least one third of our life so i can equate it as for every two hours you're awake you should be sleeping for one hour the thing is our bodies of course uh, are not made to be without sleep can you just imagine in fact uh, they recognize sleep as a form of torture a lack of sleep as actually a form of torture because if for example i forced you for example amaya to not sleep for two or three days all of your brain function and also your performance level will completely um be bogged down it I will know. affect all of your uh aspect of your um performance and it's true because our brain needs that recuperative function so in our brain i mean i want i also want to explain about the glymphatic system so for example during the day we start thinking we start planning we we completely use our brain uh for different levels uh for different reasons and then there's no allowance for our brain to have that kind of a function to detoxify if not for sleep sleep is what actuates our glymphatic system which serves as kind of a housekeeping function for our brain whatever toxin that we've accumulated in our brain gets cleansed during sleep so can you imagine if you're awake for a prolonged period of time it's true that your brain function will really be tired and fatigued and uh, and that has been proven because when we experience those moments when sometimes we're just running on 3 or 4 hours of sleep and then we go on this <laughs> caffeine um intake and then you know it it really messes up our uh, circadian rhythm and it also messes up our brain function it's not easy for us to remember things and scientific studies have proven that again and again that even in studies where um they give a mathematical problem to certain people and they give it to two sets of two groups one group they uh they become sleep deprived and another group they let them sleep through the night and i want to share that uh, during this study they had presented two solutions to a mathematical problem and then the group that had not slept well found it hard to find those two solutions but here's the thing amaya those sleep researchers had actually kept a secret that there was a third solution they just told the participants that there's only two solutions to this problem however those who were able to sleep through the night were able to also identify a third solution to the problem so not only were they able to solve the mathematical problem but they also were able to identify so basically we have an scn or a su- su- suprachiasmatic nucleus in our brain it is basically i can explain it as a command center of our brain okay and sleep is the one that makes that functioning well So basically through sleep we're hitting the save button on everything that we had accumulated, learned and memorized through the day. 
And that is the importance of sleep. The thing is, people don't recognize that because they're asleep. <laughs> but they don't, they think that the brain is inactive. People mistakenly think that the brain is inactive during sleep. In fact, it does the function of actually saving all the memory and also regulating our emotion. So in fact, whatever stresses or worries or um, fatigue, brain fatigue or tiredness that we'd experience through the day because of working, uh continuously mm -hmm. that's the part of sleep the part of sleep is to help our brain have that relaxation time to process everything and that makes you again ready for the next day and that makes you alert again to receive extra information the following day wow now that's some deep science right uh, for the listeners so to really uh, kind of uh, uh, speak in layman's terms for the listeners you know sleep is essential primarily for uh, as what mel is suggesting in terms of detoxification the brain detoxifies and sleep is also essential for memory consolidation you know so never take your sleep for granted listeners this is crucial <laughs> and uh, yes. of course the deep relaxation to the body and mind that uh, sleep gives is essential now uh, you mentioned about circadian rhythm right so a lot of listeners might not be aware or might uh, might be aware but not necessarily understand the importance of circadian rhythms uh, to sleep could you shed some light on that yes definitely amir so circadian rhythm refers to our internal biological clock so we should actually for the biohackers out there you should actually really be in tune to your body because there are also certain sleep chronotypes or you have your optimal time of waking up. So people can be night owls and then people can also be early birds and people can also be uh, larks. So this, is, this will refer to your own internal body clock. There is an optimal internal body clock for every person. It's just up to us to be able to recognize what that is. Basically, in layman's terms, what is the best time for you to wake up? And if you really want to be in tune with your body, you will notice that there will always be that wake up call. You don't need an alarm clock. Your body will tell you, hey, it's time to wake up. And you will notice you have this certain timing that you are always like wide awake at that time. Even if you lack sleep, for me, it's uh, 8 a.m. <laughs> Somehow, even if I set an alarm for 8.15, I wake up at 8. And that is my ideal time. So I always tell people to backtrack. For example, in my case, if I typically wake up at 8 a.m., then I need to listen to my body. My body, circadian rhythm, is telling me that 8 a.m. is my ideal time to wake up. So if I subtract eight hours, then ideally at 12 midnight, I should strive to fall asleep, thereby giving me that perfect amount of sleep so that I can have my energy level throughout the day. So that's what I really uh, suggest to everybody. And also circadian rhythm is also affected um, by, by daylight, by the sun. So I highly suggest also one of the hacks, as soon as you wake up, try to open the curtain immediately try to expose yourself immediately to the sunlight and that gives your through your eyes that will give you the signal 
that it's daytime. It's time to wake up. Similarly, at nighttime, it's the hormone called melatonin that will help us to identify it's dark, it's night, and it's time for us to sleep. And that's why a lot of people who have jet lag sometimes because of traveling or social jet lag sometimes because of their line of work, wherein they have to be awake during the night uh, because of having meetings. And now it's so true because a lot of us are working from home. So sometimes we need to have meetings uh, early morning or late at night. And that actually can be very detrimental to our circadian rhythm. Because if we're too much um, not having that regularity of sleeping when it's dark and waking up when it's daylight, then that can cause a lot of um, sleep issues for us. So of course, <laughs> it's not an ideal world. Sometimes we, we need to talk to family and nowadays we're all relegated to Zoom for our um, for talking especially to friends and family members from different parts of the world. So, but if we can try to schedule within that time that is um, the daytime for us, you know, we try our best to do it. So, and if, and if we are disrupted every now and then, we, we don't beat ourselves up for it. We also prioritize relationships. I, I'm, I'm not like a sleep taskmaster that, oh, you must sleep every night at 12 midnight. I mean, th that's the ideal. That's the ideal. We try to sleep eight hours. We try to sleep regularly. But of course, we're also human beings. We also need <laughs> our, um, you know, we also need relationships, social support. So don't be too hard on yourself if it's not always this happens. But of course, we shouldn't make it prolonged that we're constantly, constantly not having a regular sleep. Absolutely. And this is the importance of uh, balance, right? Balance in nature, balance in uh, ourselves, basically. So this is uh, circadian rhythm, uh, just to highlight and summarize that very briefly is so, so important. It's like the master clock of our bodies. And that is based also on the light. And as Mel said, in my personal journey and in my personal experience, one of the most powerful hack uh, as a biohacker that I did uh, and benefited out of it was once I wake up to really uh, within the first few minutes, even I would say, you say uh, sometimes you will read it uh, within an hour, within 30 minutes. But I would say first thing that you do is go get out and watch the sun. Let the sun, without any windows, without any shades, you know, let the sun's rays hit your retina, your eyeballs. Uh, let it hit your, if you can, the throat uh, to activate the thyroid gland, the chest, if you can, and so on and so forth. Because that is a direct and unmistakable, unmistakable cue for your body that it's daytime. And then the circadian rhythm can be reset eventually. And when it goes, uh, you know sunset hours it's very important also to not expose yourself too much to the artificial lights especially after 9 p.m when the release of what uh, mel was telling melatonin uh, which is a sleep uh, hormone gets secreted basically that's why the importance of blue light blocking glasses or blue light on your cell phones and smartphones so that uh, you don't disrupt your circadian rhythm which is so very important for your sleep cycle right absolutely we, we yes, absolutely. Of, uh, uh, hormones, right? Melatonin as the sleep hormone. I see these days uh, one very easy hack for people is just to uh, take melatonin pills. But uh, 
I would urge on the caution because playing with hormones or pills is not ideal. And again, you don't want to get addicted towards just popping a pill when what you should be doing is address the root cause, which is address your circadian rhythm, right? So can you uh, share the pros and cons of uh, pills versus what could be done naturally to biohack? Yeah, great question, because uh, we cannot avoid those times when, for example, we're traveling across time zone or we're severely stressed. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're not allowed to take that melatonin or occasional sleeping pill. But I would just like to uh, give a precaution that, yes, it may work for the first uh, few days, but then also they can also have an addictive um, side to it. So you shouldn't really be so reliant on it. And I also want to share that there's one thing that melatonin and other sleeping pills cannot address. And that is when you have fragmented sleep or when you're not having a deep sleep. Sadly, this can only be done naturally. And that's why we really need to tap into our body's natural function. For example, you drank melatonin. Yes, that will make you sleep. But for example, for some reason, uh, you wake up, maybe uh, somebody <laughs> called you by mistake, your phone rang, you know, uh, and then four hours after you sleep. The thing is, it's not easy to go back to sleep again. So yes, uh, the melatonin or the sleeping pill helped you to sleep, but it doesn't have the function of giving you that deep sleep or, or helping you to sleep through the night. So of course, ideally, if you close the curtain, make it like a, a blacked out uh, room, of course, also controlling your environment so that it's very relaxed for you then it could also serve a good function. But as I said, uh, it's not really helping you to have the deep sleep. So it doesn't address uh, having that deep recuperated sleep, which is going through the REM or rapid eye movement. So if we're missing that, we need to go through that several times. It happens every 90 minutes. And that is the deepest, most recuperative part of sleep. But for example, you took a sleeping pill and you woke up five to six hours later, it really didn't do you the full good that it should have done. And that's why also, Amea, so we talk about physiological just now regarding our circadian rhythm or trying our best to sleep even through melatonin. But that's why I also suggest about the psychological part of sleep, because this is also key in helping us to sleep deeper, to sleep better and to sleep longer, which becomes a problem of a lot of people nowadays. And that's why this is where cognitive behavioral therapy enters. Because actually sometimes our prior experiences make us to worry about falling asleep. And this worry or stress that, oh, I need to sleep. I need to um, be ready for my big meeting tomorrow. Or um, I have so much things to do tomorrow that I really, really need to sleep. And sadly, sometimes that is thinking of that negative cycle going around and around in our head pre prohibits us from having the deep relaxation. And this worry about falling asleep can be a constant thing plaguing us at night, thereby leading to insomnia. And actually, if we keep thinking about this, this worry may lead us to spending excessive time in bed trying to force ourselves to fall asleep. 
And this can become kind of a frustrating cycle for people. So that's why I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, cognitive behavioral is a big thing also in biohacking because it involves our mind this time. So cognitive restructuring can help us to break this cycle, Ameya, or for those who's suffering from this kind of um, sleep worries through the night. They keep worrying and worrying and worrying, and it's counterproductive to a deep sleep. So actually uh, helping your mind relax, and later we can tackle that as well, it's included in some of the hacks that I would love to share. Uh, please remind me <laughs> that I can share that too. Um, yeah, because it just like popped up in our conversation and I love that, that we're just um, bringing in all these things that sometimes we realize is also a part so we can see sleeping well as a from a comprehensive vantage point. That's not just body, but mind as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Human beings are complex systems, right? And we are decoding it from all possible angles to simply, it's not just physical, but also mental, emotional, and even I would say spiritual, right? So you need to- Oh, definitely, definitely spiritual as well. Absolutely. So all these factors, what you mentioned, really play an important role. How dark you make your room, you know, blocking out all light so that you support your body's natural circadian rhythms to adjusting the thermostat or making it uh, your bedroom comfortably cool, uh, to reducing the noise levels, if you can. And all those little things definitely help you to reach that deeper sleep eventually, right? So let's, uh, uh, while going uh, through some of the uh, hacks and biohacks, I came across the concept of lavender, right? Or how aromatherapy quickly <laughs> yes. actually help you sleep better. So can you talk about aromatherapy and sleep briefly? Like how, how can aromatherapy and what can we do from that perspective to hack sleep? Yeah, definitely. Well, I can say that that can be kind of a um, behavioral intervention as well, because sometimes uh, our mind is just always racing or our body is so tense. And then if we have this aromatherapy, it really is a big help. For example, you mentioned lavender, Amea, and other oils such as peppermint can also help you to be able to relax. There's one favorite of mine, which is also vetiver. So all of these things, you can choose actually your favorite oil. And then you can also spray it on your pillow. There's so many things out there that is available nowadays. For example, you have sleep blends in the form of pillow spray. You can spray that in your pillow directly. And then um, trying to inhale that relaxing scent actually does and is proven to contribute to having a more relaxed and calm mind. It helps definitely to calm you down. Some may pre pre uh, prefer a room spray or some may prefer using a aromatherapy burner and burning the oils and then later just of course you just blow out the candle uh, just before you sleep but that also leaves that beautiful relaxing scent and actually this one is very very natural especially it's coming from nat uh, nature as well so using all of these things by all means if you love it i can say it really works and that's why I always say everything natural is the best. And in fact, we have all the tools even within us. So that's why I also want to share to everyone, you really don't need to resort to sleeping pills. 
you don't need to resort to uh, all of these uh, gadgets that I know there's a lot out there to help you to sleep. There's a lot of sleep tracking uh, gadgets or uh, sound therapy or light therapy. There's a lot of things out there. And if, if you love it, by all means, go for it. But all these natural things like the lavender that you mentioned is already perfectly workable. Absolutely. That's why the whole idea is to support your body's natural rhythms through these uh, natural hacks so you can get the best sleep. But you can always experiment with if you feel like you, it will help you to track your sleep by using a sleep tracker on your iPhone or your Android phone. For example, you can try sleep apps. You can try some of the sleep technology that is out there if it really helps you to sleep deeper. But essentially, it's all about going back to the basics of balancing your body's innate natural rhythm, the circadian rhythm that we said, right? Uh, I also know that colors do affect our moods, our perceptions, and specifically in the bedroom, you know, what kind of colors. So can we talk about just like aromatherapy is to sleep, what chromatherapy says about sleep? What colors are ideal for the bedroom and children? Yeah, definitely. Chromotherapy is also a form of helping you to relax or uh, color therapy, as they say. And I've also talked to some interior designers who are always designing, um, for example, hotel rooms. They always try to make it into very neutral and calming colors. For example, they will use sage green or light blues or grays or beige or white. And these actually help to relax your eye. These actually help to make uh, send relaxing signals to your brain. Whereas there are some colors that just like perk you up or make you more alert, like bright oranges, reds, or deep purples. These can actually make you even more stimulated. And that's what you're avoiding when it's at night. You don't want to be overstimulated. You don't want a racing mind. So you want to have less things that will be a source of distraction for you. So that's why uh, that's also related to blue light that is uh, coming from uh, sources such as our phones, our computers or our TV. So I highly suggest that, you know, a lot of sleep therapists, they try to say two hours before bedtime, you try to avoid the, di the digital um, things so that as not to have yeah those devices but well i can safely say that at least one hour two hours is great but at least one hour allow your allow your eye your retina to have that relaxed function to transition to a deep sleep very important point listeners it's so crucial that at least just like we have a national sun going down a sunset uh, i like the terminology of digital sunset, you know, one hour at least before going to bed, you know, switch off all your electronic devices. Uh, if you can, and if you want to go to the next level of biohacking, you can purchase yourself a pair of blue light blocking glasses as well. So that any light, because it's not just the electronic devices, these days we use uh, LEDs, which also disrupt the natural circadian rhythms, right? And stops probably the uh, production of melatonin, uh, effectively. So blue light blocking glasses or blue light filters on your mobile phones or iPads or whatever it is that you're using is crucially important. And 
get into the habit of a digital sunset where you uh, probably relax and unwind that unwinding routine or ritual is very important whether it is uh, bath time with magnesium or epsom uh, sea salts or reading a book you know the classic uh, not the book on you know electronic devices again but a real book those are some best ways to unwind you know at the end of the day so that uh, as uh, mel suggested you you reduce the disruption done to your body and melatonin uh, release and you can hit that sweet spot when it comes to deep sleep which is so very crucial for you and your productivity the next day right um could you share some uh nuggets of wisdom about sleep and you know if it relates to the art of gratitude or you know journal writing you know things that could help some people to release their emotions and you know not have that racing mind uh, before going to sleep do you have any thoughts on that yeah definitely so we've tackled a lot of the things that can really help you to sleep well things that are physiological things that are psychological and also you mentioned earlier to have that complete balance we also need something that is spiritual and everyone has their own belief or their own way of expressing gratitude but it is so important to have that closure at the end of the day and it's not easy for people to have that when uh, there's so many challenging situations happening around the world now and uh, definitely people can have economic worry relationship difficulty or other things personal problem facing their mind so if they just concentrate on this one thing or on these uh things then that contributes to uh continuously worrying and through the night as well and that's why uh that can also affect and sometimes you can even have a nightmare if you're always thinking constantly or dreading or panicking or worrying or distressing and that's but normal i have to say but definitely it helps a lot some people may love to pray before night and that helps to keep them calm and it's always good uh to have a calm heart that's the most important thing so inner peace and also externally through our relaxed breathing so it's internal and external that's how calm works within us and that's what really helps us to sleep better and i i can really say safely that even if you've had the worst day ever for you you know sometimes it happens that you can say to yourself oh this is the worst day but somehow in that day if you really concentrate you can identify at least two or three things that happened to you that is a cause for appreciation sometimes just seeing the sunlight seeing beautiful colors or you you went by a beautiful garden isn't that enough to kind of warm your heart isn't that enough to distract you from the worries of the day or somebody did an act of kindness on your behalf and you appreciated it or something unexpected maybe your spouse your daughter or your son express something kind to you and that's something that really warms the heart so if we actually before sleeping try to remember that one two three or whatever number of things good things that make our heart leap with joy 
I have to say that gratitude can never coexist with anxiety. It's simply not possible. Our brain cannot uh, cannot process those two emotions all in one go. So it's either one or the other. So if we keep on replaying in our mind all the difficult things or challenging things that happen throughout the day, of course, that will be detrimental to having a good sleep. So that's why I always suggest that before sleeping, just say some affirmations, say a prayer, listening to listen to music that you love, your favorite relaxing music. Talk to someone who you know will cheer you up and kind of transfer your mood to something that is more lighter you know look at some uh, look and try to internalize something that is a source of gratitude for you instead of constantly constantly thinking of stressful thoughts so those are natural th- natural things you can do talk to someone call someone or uh, as you said read you could read Uh, something scriptural you could read something that is um, affir- um, affirmations for you things that are relaxing and that will definitely clear your mind from all those anxieties that will focus your mind to things that are related to gratitude and that will definitely help you transition to a good sleep so definitely Amea it's a lot of things it's body it's mind it's all the things we feed our mind that has this impact on the way we sleep and a lot of it is within our control that's why i always tell people don't be so worried don't don't make it a big deal the thing is when people make it more of a big deal sleep is a natural function of our body we we actually don't really need to hack it if we are very in tune once we are very in tune we don't need to hack anything we just do it naturally it just becomes intuitive on our part so initially i do believe we do have to hack it especially if you're coming from a point of insomnia or maybe disordered sleep because of a stressful or traumatic situation that then you really have to apply your hacks but i have to say that once these hacks are applied on a regular basis you just sleep naturally because that's how your body is designed You, you can't force yourself to open your eyes and sleep for and not sleep for five days straight. It's not possible. No one, no one can. You're just going to collapse in a heap. So somehow you're just going to sleep. So don't overthink it as well. That's what I always share. Be natural. Do natural things. Fill your mind with natural thoughts of gratitude, and that that is already simple enough to help you sleep better. Hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. You're just leading. or creating a, a way where you establish the natural biorhythms of your body and that includes your sleep and wake cycle this is so crucial and whatever works for you as as we mentioned gratitude journaling could be a way to do it meditation could be a, a thing for someone reading books a self massage listening to ocean waves or nice relaxing music whatever hack that you can use to get you into the zone of that ritual of unwinding at the end of the day you know and as mel rightly mentioned no matter how your day has been you can always find moments of gratitude for a simple cup of coffee to the smile from a stranger or a beautiful sunset that you saw that day or even if nothing else just that you still have a bed and a bedroom to sleep you know we can always be grateful for you can find things to be grateful for 
and uh, gratitude can be a great uh, so to speak antidote to anxiety right um, i just wanted to highlight quickly on the breathing technique or the breath work which can help us to relax right so i know about uh, several breathing techniques but i know about the technique called as the 478 for helping you very quickly to fall into sleep right so what is the 478 technique can you share and demonstrate if possible oh yeah well 478 technique can help you to regulate your heartbeat because when you're having a racing heart uh which is connected to your racing mind then definitely your body itself cannot easily relax usually a uh fast heartbeat um strong beating heart of course makes your body also tense sometimes when people exercise too late in the night then also that makes it um more difficult and challenging for the body to relax and that's why slowing down the heart rate is very crucial and essential for us to be able to relax better so this 478 is basically just slowing down your breath so that it achieves and does the function of helping to make your heart beat slower your heart rate slower and that helps you to transition to good sleep so it's quite simple amaya and also to the listeners that you just simply inhale through the nostrils for 4 seconds so you just inhale 4 seconds and then you hold it for 7 seconds and then you exhale through the mouth for 8 seconds so very simple inhale through the nostrils for 4 seconds and hold it for 7 exhale through the mouth for 8 seconds and when you do this maybe four times to several times even if you hold your uh put your palm on your heart you will feel already that there's already slowing down of your heart rate it works instantaneously you'll feel it even the second time you do it and then third time fourth time that would already help you relax so that's it's a simple technique but it definitely works i mean i've applied the technique quite a few times and um especially when you know you're always kind of hyperactive and uh it's not easy for you to kind of uh relax the tense muscles then the 478 method is very very um highly recommended for those moments to help you to relax better exactly the whole idea is to move from uh, the sympathetic mode of operations to the parasympathetic mode of operations right from fight and flight to rest and digest so all of these uh, hacks or let's say uh, tools and technologies or simple things that we can do are essentially to help your body to move into the rest and digest uh, zone which is what sleep is all about right uh, deep relaxation so uh, it's been a beautiful um time to discuss sleep through all these various angles it's almost like a 360 degree um perception of how sleep can be hacked so that we can have faster deeper sleep right so i think uh, uh i would love to bring it to a closure for my audience and for our listeners on what would you recommend as a professional sleep coach are the top 5 hacks or things that any person can do on a daily basis starting today i just want to our listeners to have some tangible things that they can straight away apply starting from today to improve the quality of the sleep so if there are top 5 hacks or top 
daily routine rituals that our listeners can do what would those be men Yeah sure I would love to share and also uh just to ensure for uh, all your listeners I mean uh, of course people will have different challenges of why they're not sleeping well so I can say that some some of the things that I can share may be more customizable for a certain person or maybe more suitable for another one or maybe uh there are a lot of tips actually but yeah definitely I can share in general what would be very very helpful so i can say one of the firstly the three top things is the cognitive intervention which means we really need to change our mindset about sleep whenever we feel we're having a racing mind or we're unable to deal with anxiety then we just need to change or rewire our brain so that we're not always concentrating on that anxiety because that is actually what counters you being able to sleep well and the next one is also some relaxation techniques which we did discuss extensively so that can also involve the stimulus control which means uh as you said the lighting the environment and maybe colors of course you don't need to repaint your room but maybe just maybe your beddings can be more neutral more relaxing your favorite relaxing colors that will definitely promote a more relaxed environment and the next one is the psychoeducational intervention which is a lot of people nowadays entertain the myth that the less i sleep the better it's a hustle culture that oh i just need to work 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 and or study 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 and just forget all about sleep or just put it in the back burner as something that is not really important or it's kind of a waste of time so if i could some people will say to themselves rather than sleep 8 hours it's a waste of time i'd rather just sleep 6 and use 2 hours more productively when i'm awake but actually you're not as alert if you didn't sleep the right amount of sleep that you should be getting your brain is not resting enough it's not resetting enough and you're not working as efficiently or optimally as you should be so that's one of the things to to really tell ourselves hey we need to prioritize sleep we really need to purposefully set aside that time of 7 to 9 hours the recommended amount of sleep and then number 4 is what we also mentioned about having an attitude of gratitude doing whatever it takes as you said uh doing uh your gratitude journal talking to someone who will make you feel more relaxed more at ease more calm saying a prayer or reading something that you love that helps you relax that is something that will definitely help you and lastly just go natural <laughs> so as you said those epsom salts sometimes a warm bath before bedtime lavender uh inhaling or putting peppermint on your temple so there's a lot of things that uh you can use and also a lot of things that you can avoid which is also natural it requires your self discipline to not always have um your computer beside you your cell phone by all means you can always um put off the wifi so you're not getting any disturb disturbing notifications so yeah that is it and i'm hoping that uh with all of these tips uh people can be made aware all your listeners can be made aware that sleep is definitely a huge part of biohacking 
really uh, spending that time and uh, purposefully trying your best to sleep uh, at your very best level will definitely help you in your um, biohacking journey. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this was uh, it was great uh, talking to you, Mel, and understanding sleep from such a holistic uh, 360 degree perspective. I'm sure me, myself, and my listeners have benefited from this as well, and will continue to benefit. It's all about applying the wisdom or applying the knowledge that we have learned, right? So use these hacks to consciously uh, improve the quality of your sleep. I would just like if any of your listeners or our listeners would love to get in touch with you. Could you share your, uh, how can they reach out to you, your email, your Instagram profile? Oh, sure. Uh, so at Sleep Stylist for my Instagram. And uh, also I have a Facebook group, which is Beat Insomnia and Sleep Better. So there I usually put up some videos. Sometimes I would want to go live and sometimes I will share music and inspiration and tips especially the latest trends on how people can sleep better and of course i'd love them also to tune in to my podcast called sleep well around the world wherein not only do i look at sleep from a scientific vantage point but also checking out the cultural perspective of sleep of how people actually sleep around the world or the different wonderful unique treatments that they have in different parts of the world so yeah i hope they tune into that too thanks amaya so our listeners whoever feel resonated with the our message with your message please remember it's sleep stylist on instagram that's where you also have uh, her facebook profile uh, link with regards to the groups that she mentioned and uh, the information about podcasting and all that information so remember sleep stylist on instagram.com if you want to dive deeper in Mel's wisdom on all things sleep. Thank you and I wish Thank you, you so much. I had such a nice um, time and thanks also for sharing all your knowledge uh, to the biohackers out there. Hope they sleep better. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Same here. Thank you, Amea. Thank you.